Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to be chatting with a fellow podcaster, a real estate entrepreneur, and an entrepreneur, Sandy McKay, all the way from Hamilton, Ontario. How are you doing today, Sandy? Dave, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to a great show. Me too, me too. So if you don't know Sandy yet, he's the co-host of the Breakthrough REI podcast, which you can find at BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. Fantastic podcast. They interview some really, really smart real estate entrepreneurs. And heck, they even interviewed me a little so, while ago. So like yourself, I was going to say, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you might have been scraping the bottom of the barrel there. I'm, about to, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was my pleasure. And Sandy's also an entrepreneur. He's got over $4 million worth of businesses. And he's a real estate investor and realtor as well. So busy guy, Sandy. Busy, yeah, for sure. You know, it doesn't feel as busy when you're having fun, obviously, right? As everyone says. So I think as long as we keep it fun and have a, have some great people around us, it's always fun. It makes it makes it great. That really is kind of the key, isn't it? Having those great people around you. So, Sandy, let's back up a few years and let's see how the heck did you get involved in this whole crazy world of real estate investing? Yeah, well, we started. Um, my wife and I have been in this together basically since day one. Uh, my wife and I were working together. We met. My wife hired me. She loves that story. I won't tell that one, but she she hired me originally. That's how too we late. met. Too late. You know, oh, yeah. Too late. Too <laughs> late. So that's it, that was in a different industry, and we kind of we both got intrigued by this business at the same time. I had just read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, kind of changed my mindset and, and got me thinking about things differently in life. And and then, funnily enough, there was a Rich Dad Poor Dad event coming to our through our city in the Toronto area, and we. Jumped on that, went to a, a seminar, said, wow, there's a whole lot of different ways we can get involved in this and started doing some uh, wholesaling. So we started wholesaling real estate. And you know, most people in Canada said it really couldn't be done. I know a lot of Americans do it, a lot of that and it's pretty popular. We were able to scrape together some deals. I started building some lists in the real estate world. So we started building a buyer and an, mostly an investor list. And right. so we would you know, market for investors and we'd market for properties that we could find that were distressed. And so we were able to put together some deals through some really grinding hard work, you know, creative strategy that, that really doesn't take much money. So obviously it take, took a lot of work. And through that, we built up a bit of a chunk of change that we were then able to put towards our first property. So that would be what, seven, maybe seven or eight years ago now at this point. And you know, that funded our first deal. I remember buying it as Oshawa, Ontario, $267,000, a duplex. We put 5% down and we added some value through it. And yeah, we started seeing that, you know, a year, a year and a half later, we were like, wow, this is like 120 grand of equity, like increase. So we kind of lucked out. better than doing the wholesale grind thing, isn't it? Yeah. That, that looked a little better. Yeah. And, you know, around the same time, one of our investors that we did a wholesale deal with came to us. They had bought it through us and then flipped it and said, you know, we made like 130 grand on that. You guys made 15 or so, I think was the, the fee we had on that. And they said, you know, we would have parted with you if you just offered us partnership instead of the whole wholesale thing. And I said, <laughs> that would have been a little more money in the pocket, right? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that kind of, got us thinking a little more about our strategy and you know we we changed that over time and did some did some flips did some other things but then really settled on our, what are we do a lot of now which is the buy renovate refinance okay and hold strategy with multifamily properties you know what it's interesting how so many of us get started with the 
the flips or the creative strategies or the wholesaling. I mean, that was what I did way back in the day as well. You know, I found the course on how to get involved in real estate with little or no money. And I said, perfect, because that's Mm -hmm. what I got. But then hindsight being 2020, you look back and you go, goodness, if I'd have held on to a few of those properties instead of wholesaling them or assigning them or whatever the hell you did with them, you know, you sure you made a little chunk of change here and there, but if you had held on to them, how much further ahead would you be? So, you know, yeah. we, we learn, we learn these things and you know what, it's all a process as well. So I'm really curious, Andy, I told you we'd probably get off on tangents here, but for people <laughs> here who are listening to this and they think, okay, well, that's, that's actually sounds pretty good. I'm just getting started in real estate investing or they're already up and running in real estate investing, but they want to find their own deals and not necessarily go through a realtor. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure most of those wholesale deals you found we're not through the MLS. We're not through realtors because it's hard to make that work. One of them actually was, but you're right. Okay. The, the rest of them, yeah, 95%, let's say we're not. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, you did a lot of grinding, a lot of hard work. What kind of marketing strategies did you use to find those motivated sellers? I'm always curious about that. Yeah. So we did a lot of, you know, <laughs> guerrilla marketing kind of grind type work. We would go out on Friday and throw up some signs, um, signs. As, we, yeah. as we still see the bandit signs these days. Yeah. That got the phone ringing. You know, we'd put them out on Friday. We'd have to take them down on Sunday because otherwise the city would come and take them and, you know, various rules in different markets as, as far as that goes. But that wasn't all that successful. Actually, the most successful one was letters. We would go around and drop letters to homes that we thought were looked a little run down and we thought there might be something going on there and they fit a criteria that we knew our investor base was interested in. A lot of our investors wanted, well, flips or they wanted the duplex conversions type projects. Mm So we'd find some areas that were, that were open to those duplex conversions and we'd look for some rundown properties, drop a letter in the mail, a personal letter. If you look up the yellow, yellow letter campaign, basically a version of that. And we would write those up and send them to the houses that we targeted and that got more calls than anything, actually. Interesting. Um, at the time, we also did a we also did a website. It actually had, no, it's probably not out there anymore. But wbh911.com. Someone could look that up. Maybe it is still there. I, don't, I haven't even looked at it for, for a while, to be honest. You know, we got we did two deals from that site at the time, which was basically a really basic lead capture website, and we put up ads on classified websites and drive them to that page, targeting distressed homeowners. Mm-hmm. And we found two pretty good deals actually through that, if I recall right. We didn't really go down that path for too much, too long. You know, it was a year or so of that. And but a couple of those deals ended up being 30 to 40 grand in revenue. So nice. not bad at the end of the day, it got us, got us in the game. Yeah, yeah. And so those are the three, but I would say bandit signs were a lot of work, not necessarily the best return and a lot of, you know, a lot of hassle from, uh, mm-hmm. we actually got a lot of sellers calling us. They were already on the MLS. I found uh-huh. through that. So a lot of homeowners that were already listed with a realtor. But the yellow letter campaigns and then a little bit the internet marketing through classified ad sites, that would be our two biggest that worked pretty well and still do, Very, I think, today. I think the yeah, would, letters for sure still work. I still get them in my mailbox here from time to time. So when you're when you're doing the, the yellow letter campaign, you're doing it pretty pretty small though, right? Because I I doubt if you're finding hundreds and hundreds of these kind of distressed looking properties or were you kind of blanketing neighborhoods? We blanketed a few neighborhoods, but we didn't do a really wide scale version of it. Like, you know, thousands of addresses. We just didn't see the, that the return would be that good on that. I, I think, you know, wholesaling in Canada is a little bit more difficult than I would say it is in the U.S. from most people I talk to. 
Canadians mm-hmm. are just a little more suspect, if it seems to to some of those things. And yeah, yeah, they're the spidey senses kind of get up really quick compared to the our American friends in general. Well, we're a suspicious lot, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've done all of those as well. One thing that worked really well for me way back in the day was vehicle signage. I did a number of deals from at the beginning, driving around in my I buy houses, butt ugly purple minivan. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen those still here. Those are still here. Uh, The funniest thing I ever saw from this was in Hamilton when I, when we moved here, which we didn't do this, but I got accused of being the person in it was uh, this big, big bird suit. This guy would sit on the corner and dance around in a big bird costume. And he'd had a, we buy houses sign. And he was was there every day, every day for, for months. I don't know if it worked, but <laughs> it got, it, it's it was, memorable. That's for it was sure. memorable. I can still, I still remember. I, I uh, how seriously somebody would take Big Bird as a solution to their house selling problems? Who knows? But hey, yeah. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So you transitioned from that. You got into focusing on the Burr method. Eventually, that's your main bread and butter these days, as far as it goes with real estate investing. It is, yeah. And we, we, as we started working with that, you know, so we, we find distressed multifamily properties for the most part. We've done a lot of three and four unit properties. Nice. Uh, we've now started getting into some bigger stuff, eight, 10, 12, that sort of size multifamily projects. Yeah. And we found through that too, as we've gone through over time, we've, we started adding businesses into the mix there. We started adding, so we've got a property management company now because we found, you know, we needed some better help there. And, it was an opportunity for us to build another income stream there right. and have a little more control over that side of it. Then we did the same with construction business as well. We had a, someone in our, our world that w- was a great partner to help us build that. And we ended up partnering with them. And we have, you know, I don't do a lot of active time in that business, but it's another income stream that helps us build that for strategy up and have a little more control. And yeah, just controlling that process. We found contractors were always, we had some great ones. And then over time, they either got really busy, which yeah. meant they got either really expensive or they'd spend less time working with us or have less time to spend working with us, even though we we're, you know, doing at least one a month, mm-hmm. you know, project of pretty big proportions. So, you know, we started take, building some things in-house and that led to adding some new business and revenue streams there, which has been pretty cool. All that really helped that burst strategy fine tune it. Well, it makes sense, right? Because you've got now you've got buy and hold, you've got tenants, you've got numerous doors because you're just focusing on smaller or starting to get towards medium-sized multifamily properties. So chances are maybe at the beginning you're trying to outsource some of that property management. May or may not have worked that well. So you decided, what the heck, let's take that in-house. And then part of the process was as you're fixing up and rehabbing these properties, you're having challenges keeping good contractors on board. So why not have your own contracting company? And then when you're a little bit slow with that, with your own deals, they can go do somebody else's. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have, and we have the real estate team too. So I like, I'm a realtor and we have a real estate, a team of realtors too. That, that does two things. It, another income stream for us, it helps find a lot of properties too, because we do a lot of outbound lead generation type of activities. Mm-hmm. And through that, you know, we were able to help service those clients better as well. Having the construction, the property management team really helps us kind of get our database controlled and keeping in touch with these people, you know, ongoing, yeah. which a yeah. lot of our clients in the real estate team side of things are investors. So we, uh, you know, want to help them and give them more, you know, solid companies to work with. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, all around, it's been really good for us. Win-win, I think for us and our clients. 
Yeah, well, it's very, very entrepreneurial. And, and you've been working with your wife in, in these businesses from day one. Is that correct? Or is she more focused on one particular side of things? She ends up now, she runs our property management team. So okay. she's she runs that business full time, at least for now. I don't know how she likes that business, but she does. It's a tough business. Like that's yeah. a really tough one. A lot of complaints coming from both sides of it, right? You get the tenants obviously complaining, but you're, you're trying to, you can only do so much because yeah. ultimately you're just the middleman between the landlord and the tenants, right? But but it's been good. She, she enjoys it. She's built a great team there. And that's really what, what it comes down to having great people around you. You can really make any business pretty fun, I think, as long as there's great people and, and you're doing something you believe in. It's interesting. I was just interviewing another gentleman a month or six weeks ago, property management again. Same kind of idea, the idea of adding ancillary businesses to that base business. So you've kind of done it differently. You started out with the the birth strategy, buying and renovating the houses, then added on stuff. He started with the property management company and then added stuff on. Interesting one that, that he said has worked really, really well for him is adding on a landscaping business. And that one actually surpassed his property management company revenues pretty quickly. So that became its own thing. So, But he started off with a, a set group of clients, a captive group, as it were, because he already had all these properties managed. So why not take care of the landscaping, the soil removable, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's interesting because we actually just launched that recently. I didn't mention it, but if it outpaces the property management company, that's amazing. I hope hopefully ours does that same. We had a, yeah, we had a person in our, this is kind of how I like to do it. I don't like to be actively involved in all these yeah. businesses. You don't have enough time, man. Yeah. yeah. So we, if we have a person in, the, in our world that's eager and comes to us and wants to lead it, then we'll, you know, use our our business sense to help guide them or her and also, you know, use our base of business we already have to help be the lead generation tool for that company. Right. So that's where we're pretty much new with that. We are doing the snow removal this winter, which is really ex- crazy expensive insurance. I can't believe it. So it's been a little bit of pain setting it up, but I think that'll be another, you know, value add for our, uh, our people there. So that's Excellent. something we're working on. Now you're also, tell me how the whole podcast thing fits into things for you and, how long you've been doing that and how that's benefited you as well. Yeah. So my, our podcast, I have a partner there, co-host Rob break. And we, we started that show, believe it or not, like almost coming up on six years. And so we've been doing it a long time. We kind of benefited from being, I think first in on that, that space, at least in Canada. Mm -hmm. And we had been having these conversations with people, other investors, just Rob and I ourselves, because we were just kind of early on in, in the investment world. We were just kind of getting to know everything and, going to all these great meetup clubs and learning and talking afterwards about what's what we're doing and what others are doing. And we just said, why don't we make this, you know, a show? We we're having these conversations. We just talked for half an hour. Why don't we record some of this? And so we started doing that and we started bringing on some experts and giving them a platform to share their story and their services. And then, you know, over time, that's, that's really actually what got us really heavily more involved in this business was that because we started you know, I got into the realtor world and all of a sudden a podcast is a great source for finding investors to work with us. Same with all these businesses I'm talking about now. So it's been a great lead generation tool. It's been a great platform to help others give value and help them succeed. And, you know, obviously by helping others get what they want, you're going to help what you get. You're going to get what you want eventually. So I think that's been our outlook from day one with that is just, just provide value for the investor world. And we've been excited to uh, be a part of that for six years now. Yeah, that's, that is amazing. I can't remember where I read it, but I think, you know, there's so many podcasts now 
I think the average podcast only lasts about seven or eight episodes and then fizzles out. So you guys have been going for six or seven years. Keep on rocking it. That's absolutely phenomenal. Great podcast. You know, we looked at that. We looked at that at the beginning and said, well, there was a couple of people that had started shows and really fizzled out fast. And we said, look, if we're going to have a two year outlook on this, if it's doing anything in two years, we'll keep going, but we're going to at least give it two years. Like we're not going to just give up after a couple of weeks because that's with any, any business basically, right? If you don't give it at least a year to two years, there's probably not going to see, you're not going to see much return anyways. And that's sort of a time unless you really get lucky. So that's kind of how we've always looked at things with these other businesses as well is, is have that longer term outlook. And eventually if you keep going, things will, you know, you'll hit that breaking point where you start to succeed with it. So yeah, that's been our look. Persistence pays, right? That's like the old sayings goes. So Sandy, in addition to all the hats that you're wearing, are, are you coaching people about real estate investing? Are you mentoring people? Are you offering training or anything like that? Or or is it primarily through the podcast? What do you guys, what do you guys do? You know what? We don't offer formal training right now. We do. I mean, I, I guess we're always coaching and training our people. We do, you know, we do bring on partnerships and I guess that's a form of training in some form sometimes. We don't do any formalized training. We have been thinking about that for a while. I have someone uh, in our team right now who I know is really thinking about it and we might end up launching something in the next little bit, but we don't offer anything formal yet. So that's something to look out for in the future. Maybe right now we do a lot of the podcast training for sure. Or the podcast recordings and all that is, is one stream of value that we add to that, but it's, it's all free. So I guess we do do a lot of training and stuff. It's all free. So right. Exactly. For now. So Sandy time flies when we're having fun. If people want to find out more about Sandy McKay, what you're up to, what you're doing, or get a hold of you, what should they do? So they can find me online and I'm on most sites, but if you really want to get some value out of, out of it quickly, go to mrnwealth.com. We have a free investors report up there that we're actually putting out a free quarterly investors report there about our region here. So that's kind of interesting for people. And to find out more about me specifically, obviously the podcast, Breakthrough Podcast.ca, or you could find me by looking me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, on the main, places. main place. We'll have the, we'll have the links in the show notes. So click on those and connect with Sandy. That sounds good. What does MRN stand for? Yeah, McKay Realty Network. That's our realtor team. That's what our, a lot of a lot of our people end up coming to us through. Is that we do do a lot of events around the Hamilton and surrounding area. So uh, if you uh, go on there, you'll probably find a bunch of stuff on our events that are upcoming and free trainings, that sort of thing. Awesome. So you got kind of like a real estate club type thing. Is what you're. Yeah. Yeah. We do a club. We have a few different variations of the type of nights that we do, but we do at least one a month. That's, you know, we bring up some speakers and things like that and very low cost, sometimes free. We do some street tours, a whole bunch of stuff that they could find on that website, mrnwealth.com. Awesome. Sandy, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing some time and some really good tips and ideas about finding those motivated sellers. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.